0: Welcome to the Media Ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. All right, well, let's dive in. Um, We um, have been in the book of Ephesians. We're going to be there still a while. I hope you'll continue to journey with us. This six chapter book. I pray that you'll just take time, read it, dive into it. Don't don't get bounce out too quick. Um, we're in chapter three, looking at verses fourteen through um, twenty one this morning. I will probably come back to these just because, folks. This prayer of Paul. This might be some of the most high, glorious, wonderful language in all of Scripture. And it for sure could be maybe the most important prayer in all of Scripture that any of us could pray for anyone. This is the prayer of the elder team should be living in and pressing in with God for everyone in the church. Um, and so I'm just going to give us a few things, and I hope, I hope you'll, you'll dive in with this, folks. I hope you'll take notes. I hope you'll go to coffee, engage with each other about the text of the word. What is God saying? Um, through his word he wants life with you and he wants to bring you in as we're going to see and build you a part of his household that's what God is building two things on the earth primarily he's focused on he's building souls renewing bringing new life And glory to make us fully a new creation of what he has for us individually. And then the other thing he's building is his household, his church, his family, and he's bringing us all together and knitting us together all around um, the world. Um, And those are the two things that we should radically be focused on. And this is where Paul hones in this prayer for our inner being that we need strength on the inside. By the power of the Spirit of God, for our inner being to come alive to God. Now, why would he pray we need strength for that? And he's praying to, he's talking about Christians who already have the Holy Spirit. Why would we need to be strengthened? Because, folks, there's a battle. There's a battle going on for your inner being, my inner being. There's a battle going on for our belonging, the sense of community, the people we surround ourselves, the influence this sets a course, right, for the purpose in our life. And, and so this morning, these is so what I want to dive into just briefly. The battle for our inner being and our belonging. These are intimately connected. Um, and the question for us is, who's winning the battle for our inner being? Who is winning the battle for our inner being? And whoever wins the battle for my inner being wins the battle of my belonging. What happens on the inside of me is going to be determined. If the world or myself is leading the core of my being, guess who i belong to ultimately the world in any community i try to find satisfaction in right in the world but the good news of the gospel is is, is that this is available to anyone. As god wants to come in to our inner being and bring his life and bring the full and we're gonna see this amazing life, should bring his fullness to us something far beyond it says we can't even comprehend the love of christ the fullness of god inside your soul it's what you were created for is every now and then we get we get moved to where we feel a little bit something kind of burns, something comes alive inside us where we feel something we might not be able to know what that is that is god wooing you back to himself wooing you wanting to come in and make his home and his dwelling right in inside us and so i just uh I want to get us into this. I started thinking this week about this battle of the inner being and, the, and, and my belonging, feeling. Where do I belong? Where do I fit in? And how intimately connected those are. We see in our culture today the battle for the soul, the battle for this inner being. And When Paul talks about the inner being, he's talking about that deepest part of you, right, that is where your spirit resides. It's the place where you connect with God. And we know when we come into this world from all the way back to the beginning of Genesis that that's been chopped off. We come into this world alienated from God, our spirit dead. We come to this world, the only way we know how to live is by self. Where I manage my emotions, I manage my, my thinking, my intellect, and I manage my will, my decision making. And I am captive to all of the entertainment and influence and noise in the world. Um, and so I'm wrestling with, right? The issues of love, the issues of affirmation, all the biggest issues that go on inside the core of my being. And I then wrestle with where do I belong? Where's where my place? Where's my tribe? Where's my people? Where's where my community? These are universal things that are built in right to all of us. And I just started thinking in my own life about this. And just the battle is subtle sometimes and sometimes it's very blatant today. Um, but I just throw this question out to you to ponder. Are you satisfied with just having your soul entertained? Are you thirsty for your inner being to be healed and come alive by the power of the Spirit of God? And folks, we are amusing ourselves to death. Our children are being amused to death. And oftentimes, even in the church, we get satisfied just with some entertainment. Just having entertainment, just, just feeling good and, and having, you know, whatever, movies, just go down all the list of things of just being entertained. But I ask you this morning, when was the last time your soul, something pierced through your very being and got to the very inner being of what is going on in the inside? Nothing is healed, right? Ultimately, if it's not revealed. If something is hidden, it cannot be healed, and the work of the Spirit, of God. What Paul is praying for the church is church come alive. What did Jesus say? All who are thirsty, anybody who's tired of being just living life on the outside, being entertained and and filling your life up with all the noise, and um, when times get bad, just numbing yourself or just being entertaining yourself. Who's thirsty? And folks, I think we can just look at what's going on in our culture. Just our own city and valley of the state of people's souls, the state of people's lives is the world. Hopefully with all that's going on in our culture, we are reaping the consequences of just ignoring that inner place. And folks, this is the good news of the gospel. So Jesus comes, he's knocking on that inner pace. In Revelation, he's knocking, not out here. He's knocking at the very core of who you are, the deepest part of who you are, your inner being. And he wants to come in and die. And God wants to come in and then bring his blessing and his fullness and his favor right into your life. But I have to, you have to, by faith, trust him for that. I have to open this place. And folks, we have to admit that's a scary thing to be vulnerable. It's a scary thing, right, to have to open up, to get really honest with, wow, what is at the core? What are those, those, those barriers? What are those hurts? What are those, those disagreements, those, those hurts that make us raise our fists to God? Am I willing to be exposed by the Spirit of God so God can come in and clean house and bring healing? Otherwise, you know what? I am just left in the life of amusement. And I just think in my life about how I can fill my time up with fun, adventures, travel, everything else. Nothing wrong with all that stuff. The question and what I want to pose to you today is there's so much more. Do you want more? Are you at peace at the depth of your being, right, of who you are? Do you understand how to discern the difference between your soul, even in a message, even in a church? I was gonna be honest, where have we gone many times in the church? Is we have all the bells and whistles and we just wanna entertain, tickle people's ears, right, and just kind of make them feel good and welcome and everything. But man, what the call of God is is, man, when church gathers, it's time for the inner being. We gather, this is a place we're exposed and the Spirit of God moves and he comes to move among us and to pierce the deep inside and to deal with the deep hurt, the barriers, the bondage and everything else. And folks, what I need to say, well, we need to stand upon this, this should be a place of expectation. It doesn't matter how deep that hurts, doesn't matter how many years that pain has been, it doesn't matter how deep and dark in your inner being that maybe if something's never reached in. the gospel's more than sufficient to set you free even right now. In the midst of being in God's house, not by the words of any preacher, not by any whatever building, but by the power of the Holy Spirit to move and to interrupt this place, interrupt your life of being amused and your own purposes and everything else and come in and bring his life into you and to wake you up and to wake me up to his glory and his goodness, right? So, Father, I pray this morning, Lord, as we open your words, we read this amazing prayer. and We're going to end in praying this prayer. Holy Spirit, I pray, as always, God, come and interrupt us. Not fleshly human interruption, but Holy Spirit, anytime you are welcome in this house, you are welcome to pierce into any of our souls, bring conviction, awaken us, just expose us. God, set us free, Lord, before you. Lord, there's way too much bondage, way too much depression, way too much religion. Lord, way too many barriers in your house to the glory and the power, the purity of the simple gospel as it comes out and moves among your people. Lord, would you do that this morning? Would you awaken spirit inside us with your Holy Spirit and bring new life? We ask you, God, as we read your word, Holy Spirit, come and fire, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here we go. The word of God, Paul's prayer and a little background. He, he begins in verse 14 in chapter three, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father. Well, for the reason you can connect that back um, <clears throat> to the beginning of uh, chapter three and Paul kind of got distracted there. We talked last week, he shared some personal things in his own life, but this actually connects back to the very end of chapter two and this amazing thing we looked at of what is God building in this world? He's building his household, his church. He's building a people here locally and all in every nation. And this powerful verse, chapter 2, verse 22 in him, you also, church, Paul says, he gets very personal down to the local church level. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God. In Christ, you are also being built together into a dwelling place of God. By the power of the Spirit of God. Don't forget what you're doing here. As you might have come here for who knows whatever reason. glad you're here, by the way. And if you're, if you're a skeptic, if you're de-church, you're angry at the church, you're skeptical about the church and spiritual leaders today in our crazy world, the things going on, I don't blame you. I thank you for being here. Engage. Don't let men's failures keep you from the house of God and the favor of God don't let men's blow-ups and 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 idiotic stuff um, false teaching and everything keep you from the house of God don't let him or anything else in your life a wound keep you from the blessing of the community of God's people gathered together where God is specially at work knitting people together pouring his favor out pouring his purpose out that is what he's building And folks, the enemy, man, he tries to pull and tug. I don't have time for this. We'll get into this right in just a minute. And so this is where Paul picks up connecting for this reason. Church, because of what God's purpose in this world is knitting together a family for his name for all eternity, that he can dwell and live among them and renew our hearts. In the power of the gospel, he says, For that reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you to be strengthened. And so the first thing, folks, just in this battle of the inner being and the connection between my inner being and, and my belonging, where do I belong in this world? Um is, is just this this statement right here. The battle. For who we will rule, the battle is for who will rule over our inner being and our belonging for all eternity. And why does Paul say and begin this prayer, this amazing prayer, why does he begin this prayer in saying, I bow my knees before the Father, Father of every family? Why would he begin like that? To make a very strong point, if you are not connected in relationship with your heavenly father, the one who created you, breathed you into existence. You are an orphan. You are lost in this world. You are disconnected. You are striving for love and affirmation. Your purpose is the best that you can come up with or a world that's lost tries to impose on you, right? We have run from the beginning. We've run from the father, the prodigals. Now, all of us have done it one time, to run from God. We're gonna go do, we're gonna live in the world. We're gonna find our path and all the world has. Paul says, I bow my before the, The father, he's the father and his arms are open wide to prodigals and orphans and those who tried, who've rebelled against him and who are hurt and lost. His arms are wide saying, come home. This is where you belong. I'm the only one who knows your heart and your inner being. There is no philosophy. There's no counseling. There's nothing, no other religion, all the world that can solve the inner core being inside you like the gospel of Jesus, what God has done for you. His arms are open. He, it is an invitation to come into the Father's house. And just read that, Luke 15, the beautiful picture Jesus gives the parable. Just a picture of Father's arms are open wide. He wants to embrace you. And oh, how we wander, huh? Oh, how we're tempted to wander, how we amuse ourselves, how entertainment and the world and all other things, shiny objects, distract us. And what about all the numbing devices? And all the addictive things out there, right? That just keep the inner being locked off from the only source that will set it free and glorious, right? And so, there's a real battle, folks. And the battle, ultimately, in life, is who is going to rule my inner being. And if you think you can do it, well, I'd love to talk to you. Just see how that works. Love to talk to you about history. How's that work to the history of the world? And offer you something better is when we surrender by faith and receive Jesus, the power of the Spirit of God comes in. And I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. I knew I could see around here, we could all give testimony of all the freedom, the peace, the rest, the absolute joy of knowing that God is with me. I'm not alone any longer in this universe. God is with me in my inner being. Folks, that's the hope. That's the churning of the fruit of the Spirit, love, hope, all those things, right, come alive. And he moves on from there. And he says, he, in his prayer, he's building steam, and he says this. And remember, as I'm reading this, this is Paul on his knees. This is how he prayed, and this is how we should pray for each other. There's nothing, we're, we're getting to look at here. There's nothing more important that you can pray for your child, your spouse, your friend, for the church, than this prayer. This is the answer to all. Let's just put it that way. And this is why Paul sums it up in the end of the doctrinal part of this book. Next week, in chapter 4, we start to get into the practical working this out, right, in the life of the church. And he ends it with this glorious prayer. And he says that according, he bows his knee before the Father, that according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant to you to be strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being. The very core of who you are so why so that christ can dwell in your hearts through faith we got to receive it it's a free gift you got to receive it. you got to invite him in got to open that door you got to pray him in receive him and it goes on look at this through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love in love and folks there's a lot of talk about love the world has no clue about love God is love, and the only reason we love is because God first loved us. And the question is, at the core of all of our being, we desire to be loved. We desire to, to, right? It it churns in us. We desire relationship, intimacy, love. It's so key. It's such a powerful word. Well, love is God. It's not some made-up thing. It's not something you can define on your own. Otherwise, it becomes meaningless because then I can have a definition of love that's different than yours. That's exactly the problem we're in in our country. We throw that word around. We try to redefine it different ways. It means nothing. And it has no power to release people. Folks, what God wants is to set his love. When he comes in, guess what? He is love. Love comes in. And when love comes into the inner core of who you're being, man, I'm telling you, life, healing, healing. Again, no matter where we've been, no matter how far we've rebelled and run from him, man, he comes in the mercy and grace, the favor of God, the peace of God. At the inner core of my being, and you feel it. Remember, I love at the end of Luke, right? Uh, Gospel of Luke, the road of Emmaus, the disciples were telling you, man, did you feel, did you, were your heart not burning when he, Jesus, was talking to us? Do you know something of a burning heart? Do you know your inner being do you understand what's going at the very core of your being where your motivation and who you really are? Where conviction of God and the Holy Spirit comes in. It's the place where the power of God comes in. Or are you living out here, which is, folks, it's a fake life. And we all are accepted. We try to, to be something we're not. We try to cover things up, right? And it just kind of paint it up and the inside all the time is rotted its core, and we just see this happening, we don't even talk about our whole nation, in our own valley over and over again, man, that, these people look great on the outside, and there's death on the inside, and sooner or later, that death, folks, it comes out, and it accomplishes its purpose, which is to kill, steal, and destroy, God along is saying, come, right, come step in, and so this These verses, the battle for our inner being is won, folks, by the power of the Spirit, the love of Christ, and the gift of faith. Nothing else. The world and its systems and its intellect has nothing to offer you in your inner being. Oh, you can get some intellectual help. You can get some emotional help. But do you want real freedom? If you want real freedom, and we should never, don't buy the line that we blend these together radically. The gospel is something wholly different than what the world offers. It's not some principles, not psychology. It's something different. If you just want better thinking, a better intellect, if you just want your emotions taken care of, go get that help. That's not what Jesus is offering you. He's offering you something so much bigger, bolder, and more powerful. Something that goes straight to the inner being of who you are, who I am. And the Spirit of God, and this is why he prays for strength, is we need strength. This is tough. We're in a battle for that inner being. And I, Lord, I need that strength. I need to feel you. I need to lean into you for this battle. This is where it's won. And folks, the church, what I'm saying is, this is what we're about. If you want other avenues of help, go for it. We're not saying that's bad. But if you want life, eternal life, to know God, have the fullness of God, the favor of God, the fruit of the Spirit in your life. If you want to have bondage, addiction, depression, right, mental issues, things, affirmation, love issue. If you want the core of your being awakened, you come to Jesus. It is the gospel and everything he's done is more than adequate to accomplish all of this. Jesus plus nothing. We preach it and we pray for it. We live it. And by faith, we have to receive the truth of how God sees us and loves us. What he desires for us. And this is exactly what Paul's praying. Oh, Lord, would you come and strengthen us by the power of your spirit? Tweak us, awaken us, convict us, open up our inner being that you would come in and bring us alive, right, at the very core of our inner being. And so he goes on in his prayer. And listen to this. Verse 18 says, and we'd be grounded in his love. And he says, that we also may be, have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, what is the length, what is the height, and what is the depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. You want to know how to pray? Just pray that. Don't get distracted with the little details. If someone has this, or if somebody's depressed, somebody's anxious, you got a list of everything we have to pray for. Pray that with faith over your children, your household, your friends, the body of Christ. Go here and stay here and have God give you insight. Because let me tell you, unless the power of the spirit moves, we can put band-aids on things. We can get a little help. But there's not the radical deliverance and freedom that Christ calls us to until his power comes. And I can't and you can't do anything, right, to help somebody. It has to be a work of faith. Come. And it has to be a cry of God's people. And God responds. He says, draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. He responds to the faithful prayer of his people to answer this prayer inside the hearts of, of people's lives. Now, what does he mean that you also may, now that you're rooted in the love of Christ is in here, he says, he, now he prays for them that they may comprehend that the power of the Spirit of God might move and bring something to our intellect that you can't learn. You can have a thousand letters behind your name and you'll never be able to comprehend what Paul is saying. It can only be comprehended by the power of the Spirit of God. And what is the height, the breadth of death? What is he talking about? You step back to chapter two. It's what God is building. It takes strength because here's the deal, is that today, I'm, this is just so obvious in all of our lives, right? The distractions, the entertainment, everything else, nobody has time to be in the household of God. Well, Paul's saying, look, you're going to be distracted. The enemy, he wants to separate you. He wants you to be committed to a thousand other things when, uh, outside of gathering together with God's people. And he will put those things, sports, you know, go down the list of things, Whatever it is to keep us away from, and what Paul's praying, Lord, is that he doesn't come from the outside. Hey, stop doing this, or don't do that, or that's not good. He says, no, Lord, you go to the very core. By your power, you illuminate them to see, oh, my gosh, look what God is doing. Where else would I want to be than to gather with God's people and to see and be a part of what he is building in me, through me, and in others? God's people, and to see the connection that goes on around the world, right, of what God is doing, the fullness of God, having fresh eyes to look beyond. Let me tell you 2024 is going to be a wild year. Let me just give you, right, get your biblical goggles on, take your political goggles off. Your life will be a thousand times better. When you pray, when you think and talk to people, get your gospel goggles on, take off that political lens, right? kingdoms rise kingdoms fall god is concerned about one thing and he will do whatever it takes read the old testament to get his people holy and getting to see a priority of being god's people the bride ready for christ when he returns he'll move any government he does not care republican democrat whatever honestly that's a big statement do you realize he's got a bigger purpose And just like in Israel, he used pagan evil, evil nations to bring discipline to his people to awaken them. He'll do the same thing in America. Now, with that said, folks, get involved. Be a faithful citizen. Be faithful in your workplace. Be faithful. Be salt and light wherever you're at. But do not confuse the two. You're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And the church here represents the kingdom of heaven and we have to stay on point. That is our message, not politics. It is about the kingdom of God. It surpasses all these things. And when you get those goggles on, man, the spirit of God, you start to see, to comprehend what God is doing in our nation among his people. And you can walk in peace. You're not gonna get all feisty and worried about, oh, I can't believe such and so. I can't believe this is that. Ah. You, know, you know, you're gonna walk in peace. God, you're at work. Show us what you're doing. Show us how to respond. You've got a bigger thing going on here and he's been doing it from the very beginning of time and he's called you into that glorious thing, right? It's wonderful. All right, so last, last thing, look at this. And folks, I just love these last, this is how he ends is the doxology, right? Fancy language, He's he, how he ends it. He says this, now to him that he's kneeling, he's praying to the father, who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, Let me say that again. Now to him. And is this how you pray? You might be praying and you're just hitting walls. You're not getting breakthrough. But do you end your prayer with this kind of expectation? Oh, Lord, now to you. You're able to do far more than I could ever ask or imagine. But listen to this. Far more than we ask or think according to what? The power that is work within us. God's working in us individually and the church to him. Now look at this. To him be the glory in his church and in Christ Jesus, who this is his church forever and ever. What a prayer. I commend this prayer to us as a church. Um, And I promise you, I'll guarantee it. This this is easy. You pray that with your heart over your children, family, whatever problem you're doing in your own life. And you're going to see God move and respond. And just from a pastoral standpoint, I want to end on one thing. And then we're going to just I'm going to close this in prayer. Um, uh, and folks, please hear me on this. Lord, this week, he, he showed me something about his house. And I say this to parents. I say this to children. I could give you testimony after testimony of decades of ministry. Is there's nothing more important than making it a priority to be in the house of God. Jesus, we only have one time when Jesus was, that we know of when he was younger. It was when he was 12 years old. His family was faithful being at church and being at all the festivals. And you know the story of Luke chapter two. And, and what did Jesus respond? when well, they left him behind, the home alone thing, right? And when they found him, what did Jesus say? This is Jesus at 12. And any children, young people listening to this, I plead with you, take this to your inner being. Jesus said to his parents, did you not know I had to be in my father's house. And I want to lay down a guarantee. As a young person, an older person, a parent, if you get your child, if you get your family into the house of God, the guarantee is he will bless you. He will bless your children. He will bless relationship. That is where God speaks and works. And we need an awakening in America today on this issue. It is not optional. Never was. Jesus says, did you not know? I had to be in my father's house. Where else would I be? This is where all life comes. And I commend that to you to pray about and to wrestle with. And I can just give testimony after testimony. There is nothing in a child, in high school, college, whatever. Nothing will set anybody on the course of God and his blessing like setting a priority. I know where I need to be. And if you're headed to college, young person, there's nothing more important. I don't care what college you go to. The first step when you step on that campus is I need to find the house of God. I need to find the place where God is going to bless me and connect me to his purpose and his, his children. Nothing's more important than that. And again, we know there's hurt. We know there's pain. Have God find you a great house of God to holds the word of God and the power of God right together. And so let me just, as we uh, close down our service and come to the table, um, just in light of what Paul, there's sometimes in scripture, most of the time, Hebrews would stand and pray. But I invite you definitely, just only if you feel led, but I'm gonna kneel and pray for us to the Father as we close this out. I invite you to kneel with me. Only if, in your heart, this is, Father, um, as we close this out. So, Father, uh, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, God. And Holy Spirit, move in this place. Lord, I know there's family hurt. I know there's individual hurt. Lord, I know there's church hurt. Holy Spirit, would you come? At that inner place and just shatter those hurts, shatter those barriers. Lord, I know there's fragmented families in this place. Lord, I know there's, there's households that don't have your peace resting upon them. God, would you move in the inner being? Would you bring wholeness and healing and power, God? In Jesus' name, Lord. Lord, we want your fullness. We need your strength. Lord, we have no power in ourselves. we, We need your power, God, to be your people, to be your church, to be your children, Father. Lord, come and do your work among us. Interrupt us. Convict us. Lord, come love on us. We might love on each other, Lord. Holy Spirit, now just move among us the inner being awaken us. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.